Duke's coming up. Hello there and welcome to another episode of Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. My name is Dean Millard, pleased to be your host of this program. Yesterday we had such a fun uh, inaugural episode, so I hope we can keep it going and keep the energy up and uh, inform you, entertain you, all that stuff. I I will apologize. I'm having a few technical issues, so... um, I am what, uh, or I was what a couple of camera guys uh, in uh, in Hamish Wright and Jeff Stickle when I worked at Global Television used to call us hair and teeth uh, because without them, we were hair and teeth and all, all we did was talk, talking heads as some people call us. Now that I'm getting into sort of the, uh, the technical side of things, I'm trying to understand it more, but still a work in progress. Anyway, we have a, a very fun show lined up for you today on Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. Clark Monroe, the Prairie Wheat Sox, he's the GM in UFLB. He's also uh, the producer of the Rod Peterson Show. They were kind enough. They must have had nobody to fill airtime. They were kind enough to have me on their show last week at the World Juniors. It was a lot of fun. I always enjoy talking RP. Uh, They were live at the uh, World Juniors. Uh, and it was fun. It was it was so neat to be on that show. So we've had Clark on our programs before. I want to get him on and talk some baseball, some big baseball news that we'll get into uh, Clark with as we go. Uh, and also what's been going on with the Prairie Root Sox in the Ultimate Fantasy League Baseball. And as always, please chime in on the uh, the message board. Uh, Nick T, VIP, says, keep up the great work, Dino. Thank you so much, Nick. I appreciate it. And Pagano 71, as per Chris Johnson, Paul Stasny signs a one-year, $1.5 million deal with the Canes. Uh, Yeah, that is some interesting uh, stuff. The Islanders also making some signings in the last day or so. Um, I've liked Paul Stasny for a long time. Um, You know, that seems like a, a pretty reasonable risk, if you want to call it that. That's, that's hardly any kind of money. Unless I was missing. No, it is 1.5. I was going to, maybe it's 15. Maybe he just broke the bank. Uh, so there you go. Andy Mack. Hey, everybody. Hello, Andy. Thanks very much for everybody joining us on the program. Crypto Client says, hey, Dean, thanks. Are uh, looking forward to this show very entertaining as always. We will try to entertain you. Derek Van Deest of Post Media and NHL.com is going to drop by. We're going to get to the bottom of these Patrick Kane rumors. What exactly is happening with uh, the Chicago Blackhawks star and potential teams that he may end up. DVD was also uh, at the World Juniors. And I had the pleasure of chatting with him Every day. I mean, this is a guy. He is a great guy. He's knowledgeable. He's opinionated. That's he's perfect uh, for this kind of program. And we're also going to bring you some uh, Aaron Boone in our fake locker room sound. You'll find out what that is. Make sure you remember the word fake when we do this, because we used to do this bit on uh, late night AM radio. And we had a very, very popular, knowledgeable and very well-respected media member call the station and say, 
I don't think that's what it was. Because we played like Giambi celebrating from Moneyball after an Oilers game. And he, he actually thought that's what we were how the Oilers were acting. So make sure you pay attention to the fake part of fake locker room sound. We'll have that a little bit later. I was watching the Yankee game last night. Something happened. I'm like, that's what we're using. We'll also have our top three right away. Question of the day and games to watch tonight. Also, we have a, a full open segment in the first hour. So whatever you guys want to talk about, chime in on the message board. We can chat about it. We do have guests booked in the second hour. Uh, Clark McGrow and Derek Van Deest will join us, and then we'll uh, wrap things up with games to watch in the final segment. But this whole first hour is wide open to chat about whatever is going on. Uh, I'm watching uh, the Cubs and uh, the Cardinals, a little afternoon baseball as we do this, and seeing if Paul Goldschmidt can keep turning back the clock. Like, this is a game's... You can catch them on our YouTube channel. Just search Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. And the same thing, search Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network wherever you find your podcasts, and you can get them. Oh, looks like we have a commercial playing right now. I'll just pause, bring up our contact information while this commercial is playing. There we go. And I believe we're back now from the uh, commercial. You don't know when the commercials are going to cut in. So you just have to be kind of paying attention and watching. Here's how you can get in touch with us. Info at UFF Sports. There's the uh, Twitter handles, UFFS or UFSN, UFS Network and UFF Sports. You can also get us at UFS Sports Official on Instagram and the website, www.uffsports.com. You can find all the, all the information. You can also uh, send us an email if you want. Info at uffsports.com. Okay, so we're going to get into uh, the nuts and bolts of the show today. Uh, as mentioned, uh, we've got Derek Van Deest and we've got uh, Clark Monroe uh, coming up on the program. But uh, firstly, I want to get to our question of the day, which is basically how we're going to start uh, pretty much every show is our uh, question of the day. It's, it's how my, uh, my old law teacher in high school used to start uh, every single show or every single class with a question of the day. And we would basically try to get it uh, extended as uh, much as we possibly could so that it would take up the whole class. This will not take up the whole show. Sorry, I had to get that uh, brought up. Our question of the day, which is brought to you by Patrick Kane today. Who will pay, where will Patrick Kane play this year in the National Hockey League? I want to know what you guys think. UFF Sports, hello. How are you? Thanks for chiming in on the chat. Where will Patrick Kane play this year in the NHL. We're going to talk to Derek Van Deest about if he's going to be an oiler, if that's a potential landing spot. I know the Leafs have had brief conversations, apparently. So I'd love to hear your thoughts. Chime in on the uh, Twitch chat. Where will Patrick Kane play this year in the NHL? A lot of people might just say Chicago. I know somewhere I read, don't, this is not verified. Somewhere I read Patrick Kane might not report to camp. I don't know if that's true or not. There's so much out there. Uh, 
But uh, just like if if let's just pick Edmonton, they're gonna have to shed a whole whack of cap if they're gonna be bringing in Patrick Kane. So they're gonna have to make some moves. Nick TVIP says not going anywhere, staying with Chicago. That's that that could be the most popular vote. I. If I'm Chicago, though, just do it. Rip it off like a Band-Aid. Get it going. Get the, Don't let it hang over the whole season. You're in big trouble if that happens. Or even, even part of the season. It's just like, oh, everybody knows he's going to get traded. But the Oilers right now are $6 million over the cap. I'm just trying to look and see. Yeah, I don't think Clefbaum or Mike Smith are on uh, LTIR yet. Uh, according to cap friendly. No, they're not. So they're right around the cap. If Edmonton's going to bring in something of Patrick Kane, there's obviously going to be some salary retained. Um, or something else is going to be moved out. But that's not to say he's for sure going to land in Edmonton. You can chime in on our Twitter chat. You can also hit us up on, or our Twitch chat. You can also hit us up on Twitter, at UFS Network. And you can get me at Duck Millard on uh, the old Twitter machine. So, love to hear your thoughts. As mentioned, Nick saying he's not going anywhere, staying in Chicago. That could be a very popular vote as well. I just think if you're going to trade for Patrick Kane, if you're if you're Edmonton, if you're Toronto, if you're wherever, why wouldn't you do it now? Like get as much, like, you know, we say in, in, in our fantasy with them, most of them being uh, league uh, points leagues, games played as currency. Well, it's the same thing in the NHL. Like, if you're trading for Patrick Kane, wouldn't you rather have him for all 82 games than 40 or 60? Obviously, you're going to pay a little bit more, but the benefits are going to outweigh it. Unless you think you can get Patrick Kane late in the season. But that's a big gamble. You're gambling that the Hawks aren't going to get a good offer in time. And, you know, if you can't just say to them, hey, hold them until this date. That's, that's just not how it works. Um... Alex saying, boo, that's boring and makes so little sense for long-term. Chicago building a decent team. Yes, Dino, make the trades now to get full season value. So there you go. That's, uh, that's, that's what, if, if you're Chicago, you want to get it out of the conversation. You, you, want, you don't want every single day the Kane question coming up. And if you're any team trading for him, you need him in the lineup as soon as possible. Another ad. Like ads, though. While this ad is up, we'll just uh, show you how you can get in touch with us. UFS Network is how you get in touch with us on Twitter or at UFF Sports. And we're back from that ad now. I just don't like uh, talking over those ads, which are important. Um, But when I can catch myself when I see them, I'll try to do that. So uh, that's our question of the day. Where does Patrick Kane play this year in the NHL? So far, we've got Chicago. Uh, and that is, So Alex, where do you think he goes? Chime in on our Twitch Live message board. Uh, join 
us on Twitch. Uh, if you're watching this on replay on our YouTube channel, 4 to 6 Eastern, Monday to Friday, we are here with Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. And you can find it at twitch.tv slash ultimate fantasy sports. And while you're here on our Twitch channel, you can just scroll down. You can check out our Twitter, our Facebook, uh, YouTube channels, TikTok. You can get linked up. You can get to our merch channels, our merch stores. We have some really cool uh, merchandise. There are some amazing logos. Like, I cannot wait to get more logos. Uh, I'll show you my logo. Uh, I'll try to bring up a... Uh, a full, more, a fuller shot. Uh, you can see my logo right here. This is Duckman's Domination. You can only see a part of it because uh, I, uh, I cut it off on the uh, shot. But there are so many amazing logos in UFFS, all different sports, that you could get some really cool jerseys. And then just show up and people are like, where'd you, where'd you get that jersey? Be like, oh, yeah, that's my... Uh, the fantasy team that I'm following. They're really good. This is the best logo of all time. So that's really cool. You can check it out, uh, all of our logos. Uh, but anyway, you can check all that uh, stuff out uh, on our Twitch channel. Just uh, scroll down. Uh, please hit that like button, subscribe, tell your friends. We're going to be here every day, 4 to 6 Eastern. And then we'll have some watch parties going on. Andy had fantasy football yesterday. We'll have some league shows, tell you about our, uh, our whole process. So please uh, join us uh, Monday to Friday, 4 to 6. We will be talking fantasy sports. So Alex says, uh, oh, actually, uh, Nick says, uh, maybe Chicago is hoping he would stay and teach the kids with Taves. Taves is gone too. Like that dream is done. Like the, the, the dynasty is, is broken up. Unless Jonathan Taves retires, he's not going to play the whole year in Chicago. Or this is his last year. That that's my guess with with Jonathan Taves. I think Edmonton says Alex is most fun. Plus, uh, we have Campbell and would like that additional investment in the team. Yeah, they they have Patty Kane in the Ultimate Fantasy Hockey League, so they would love it if Kane got some upgrades like Jack Eichel did uh, and Jack Campbell. So fantasy-wise, they're loving that. Arnie uh, from Pipeline Prospects, I understand it might be a one-year rental, but what do the Oilers actually want to part with? Well, and, and it's a good point, Arnie. I said this yesterday. Like, the Oilers need help. They don't need more. Uh, they have decent offense, all right? Like, they, they do. I if you're if you were looking at a uh, upgrade, you need an upgrade on the blue line. They've got redundant players there that are making more money. I don't know what the Oilers are. You know, are you giving up uh, Borgo? I don't think so. Uh, why would you give up Dylan Holloway when you're just about to see what he can do now for one year of Kane? That's what you know. It's it is because what does Kane do after that? He could just be. Like, Kane could do the Canadian tour. He could come out to Edmonton for one year, that he could sign a friendly deal in Toronto so he's close to home if he wants to, if he doesn't get his cup, more cups in Edmonton. Uh, Alex uh, says, I also support Dubas going full, going as full send as possible and trading everything to load up in every way possible for this year. Well, how does Toronto possibly? I like Toronto's in in I think tougher shape than than in Edmonton, and it's just a rental, obviously. But you're, you're any any trade you make with Chicago, they're going to have to take some salary. 
Oh, Beavis. Beavis says the Immortals logo is the best of all time. Well, that, yeah, that's just like your opinion, man, as the dude said. And Pagano 71, Kane plus 50% cap retention to the Leafs for Kerfoot, Sundin, and Robertson. Kerfoot was t- trending on Twitter today in the, uh, in the Maple Leaf space, so maybe there's something to that. I don't know. Maybe. We'll see what happens. Okay, so where will Patrick Kane play this year in the National Hockey League? We will uh, we'll revisit that throughout the show. Uh, we'll obviously be asking uh, Derek Van Deest of Post Media that question. And uh, now we can get to our top three. Top three today is who is your fantasy Major League Baseball MVP? Aaron Judge is getting hot again. And for me, it's Judge narrowly beating out Paul Goldschmidt in the MVP race for fantasy. And Judge and Goldschmidt are, I think, they're, they're going to win the AL and NL MVP race. So for me, I'm looking at Judge 1, Goldschmidt 2 right now. And that could change. Aaron Judge struggled quite a bit since the All-Star break, like the Yankees have. And uh, Paul Goldschmidt, he's like found the fountain of youth, man. It's, it's ridiculously awesome. And the Prairie Wheat Sox, if I'm not mistaken, have Paul Goldschmidt. I believe they took them fairly early. And I actually silently wondered. I'm like, well, that might be a little early for Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah, well, boy, was I wrong. The guy is crushing it. So my three for fantasy baseball MVP, Aaron Judge, Paul Goldschmidt, and, and I've got to throw Shohei in there because he's still really good at the two hardest things in baseball, pitching and hitting. So I got to give Shohei a vote. I don't know. I still think it's incredibly, he's not having the season he did last year, but it's still incredible. Love to hear uh, who you think is the MVP. And, you know, in our fantasy league, Phil Beavis says Otani, add it up. Because in our fantasy, ultimate fantasy league baseball, it we try to mirror major league baseball. And in MLB, the Angels hasn't helped them as much, but they get to use Shohei as a hitter in a DH. So he's a two-way player. So they get to as well. He's not the leading fantasy point leader until unless there needs to be an adjustment the last time i checked it was judge or no yeah i think it was judge judge was leading leading point leader uh goldschmidt close behind but uh, there might be otani's numbers are in two categories as phil points out so he could be uh the leader I, i aaron judge was was on such a heater and he still might get 60 so he could still do it We'll see. Uh, you know, the Yankees were an interesting case last night, although he did take Scherzer deep. I don't, I, I don't understand that. I'm watching that game, and, and I'm watching the, the, the Yes Network, or the Yankee Network, and they weren't, like, bashing it, but they were like, just Scherzer just wants to challenge him. 
Like they said, Judge had not come close to any of the sliders they'd thrown. Fastball, gone. Oh, Beavis says, Judge is one, Otani is two. Then Goldsmith's got to be close to three. Or maybe I'm just impressed with Goldsmith at his age doing it. It's, it's so amazing. As, and, uh, you know, I got favorites. You, everybody gets favorites in fantasy. You want to you see your guys do well. He was on my team for a while. I really liked them. I like the Cardinals. I like watching Albert Pujols. You know, I'm watching him right now. His quest for 700. Like, that's a question for another day, too. Is, is, is Albert Pujols... Sorry, new day. New mouth. Is Albert Pujols the best pitter, hit, pure hitter of our generation? That's another question we can have. We got lots to talk about, especially when it comes to the Angels. Jeff Passan put out a tweet earlier today that the Angels could be for sale. I'm going to get a drink of water. When we return, we're going to get into this. We're going to get into what's going on with the Angels. Clark Monroe says Goldschmidt is his favorite. Uh, I think I know why. Clark is going to join us later. Derek Van Deest, we're going to talk about Patrick Kane. Some other big things to talk about. KD staying put. Wow, honoring a contract, and the Islanders go on a signing spree. So lots to talk about. A lot of it has fantasy implications as well as real-life implications. And by the way, if you missed uh, the article that Larry Fisher put out about the Ultimate Fantasy World Junior, do yourself a favor. Go to uffsports.com, click on the news section, and give it a read. If you want to see how fantasy imitated art to a T too, like you couldn't we, we, we could not have asked for anything better if you want to see how that happened go read that article and you didn't even have to be a fan you didn't have to know anything about the league he, he really captured the spirit of the thing like Dickie Dunn uh, did according to, to uh, coach Reg Dunlop it's awesome it's a great article so do yourself a favor and you'll see just how close fantasy imitated life it was unbelievable to watch it and then read it and and relive it so uh please uh, check that out uh if you can we'll be back in uh, just a couple of seconds or a couple of minutes rather and we'll talk a little bit more about patrick kane we'll talk a little bit more about what's going on with the angels we'll talk about uh fantasy mvps and anything else you guys want to chat about in the chat maybe we'll throw up a poll question as well back in a minute or so
All right, thanks very much uh, for sticking around the program. My name is Dean Millard. This is Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. Uh, I will be here Monday to Friday, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Right before we get you set up for the games of the night, watching the Cards and the Cubbies right now, 2 nothing uh, for the uh, Cubs uh, over the uh, St. Louis Cardinals, who are just a, a f- I've always found them a really fun team to watch. They've, they've got history, obviously, uh, with some pretty incredible players. And yeah, I just always find them competitive. So Cubs fans probably don't like that. Uh, but the Cards are going to the playoffs again, 9-1 and one in their last 10. So watching that game right now, we'll keep you up to date on the uh, chase for 700 uh, for Albert Pujols. Alex, uh, as we get back to uh, the chat on Twitch, uh, says pay double retention and then add in a D-man somehow as well. Just strip the cupboards, and if it doesn't work well, that's life and move on. Well, Dubis wouldn't care. He's not going to be there. If the Leafs trade for the, for Patrick Kane and it doesn't work, Dubas is gone. D-block 259. So KD staying in Brooklyn. Shocker. What do you think about that? Like, it, I, I don't know. I'm sorry, but why, why was this so dramatic? Because of the player. This is all self-made drama. So I hope this is done now. I just... More than any league, the NBA is a conveyor belt in and out of teams. Guys are moving all over the place. Like LeBron signed, re-signed in L.A. Massive money. You know, like, the, what's Connor McDavid saying? He's like, hey, man, I'm the best player in the game right now. LeBron is the, the greatest player of all time that's still in the game. I still think Jordan is better. But the salary differential is just unbelievable. But the NBA, guys move around so much. So I'm actually shocked that KD has decided to stay. Like, I, I for sure thought he was going to just up and move and take his net and go home. Beavis says facts, sir. Yeah, the logo is good. I'm not going to argue. But logos are all opinion, right? Like, there's some people that think that stupid flaming horse that the Flames use is nice. And, or the Oilers... Uh, Seth McFarland, junk, garbage, in my opinion, man. Larry Fisher, great article, Larry, really captured the spirit of it. Not Chicago for Patrick Kane. Lots of smoke coming out of Edmonton to hear, interested to hear DVD's take and how he would handicap the chances percentage of Patty Kane in Edmonton. Oh, yeah, we'll be talking to Derek Vendis of Post Media later on today. Cameron says, I can't vote for a guy on a 52-70 team, no matter the stats. Yeah, I don't know. It's there's Even though there's more teams now, there's so few teams in baseball that make the playoffs. I think that argument doesn't hold water in baseball. In my humble opinion. Oh, by the way, did you see John Gibbons is on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook now? He put out a video. I think that I'm going to really try to get John Gibbons on this show at some point. If he's if he's doing a media tour, we need to get Gibby on this show. 
He was really fun. He was a fun uh, GM to be around. Okay, so we've talked about Otani. They're a losing team. Let's get to this uh, this tweet from Jeff Passan. I gotta find it now uh, in my maze of stuff that I have going on. In one tweet, Jeff Passan made every Otani and Mike Trout uh, dynasty owner get really excited. Los Angeles Angels owner Art Moreno says he's exploring selling the team. And then Jeff does a really good job of breaking it down. The fallout opens the door for an Otani trade or massive extension. And with revenues, they still haven't had a payroll. Like, they haven't had a payroll not over $200 million, not even over $185 million. With those two guys, how do you do that? How do you have two of the most valuable and important players in the league and you don't give them an extra payroll like that? I mean, the, the, the people that are most happy out of this, other than the people that own them in fantasy, are those two guys. Otani and Trout... They just said, holy macro, we, we might get, you know, a lifeline. And, and I know they, they, they tried. I thought it was a gamble to go out and get Syndergaard. And maybe we'll see what happens on, on the open market. But whoever is buying this team is buying this team now with the intention of saying, we're bringing another pennant. We've got these two marketable players. The, the, the marketing for Otani in Japan will pay for your payroll probably. So... We'll see what happens, but this is crazy. Like they, the they went from hey, we might trade him to now we might sell the team, and I bet you Angel fans are dancing in the streets, man. I mean, this Angel fans when Art Moreno owns the team, shame, 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 and now they're they're like this is this is the Angel fans now. This is what they are. This is a serious message. Peace and love. Peace and love. They're they're like sending Art Moreno flower baskets so he trades so he sells the team as fast as he possibly can. Absolutely wild. Great it'd be great news. Um Cameron says, for fantasy MVP, uh, Otani should be up there. Angels record means nothing for fantasy value. That's true. Uh, for Major League MVP, last year was a story. I think Judge will probably win it this year. Clark Monroe, Goldsmith is my favorite. Yeah, I know that for sure. Um, Phil Beavis says, we are talking MVP player-wise, not team-wise. Uh, he can only do so much, and he is doing as much. But Cameron says, I'm of the mind that MVP needs at least to lead their team into the playoffs or at least get them close with an expect unexpected run. Best player and most valuable player are very different to me. Yeah, don't get hockey fans started on the Hart Trophy and everything else. I mean, again, I go back to it and I say with so few teams making the playoffs in Major League Baseball, I kind of cut a little bit of slack uh, with that one. And Phil says, for sure, I see what you mean. Most valuable is most valuable. He's def definitely the most valuable player to that team, uh, more so than other players to other particular teams. Without him, how many more losses would they have, for sure?
Ultimate Fantasy Sports says you can't sell the Angels without Trout and Otani still in the halo. Yeah. You, well, why would you sell? Why would you trade those guys before you sold the team? That would be the dumbest move ever. Like Art Moreno is he, he's not. I, I, listen, he might not be the people's favorite owner, but he didn't get rich by being dumb. So those guys aren't going anywhere. They're going to have to bring in people, or Otani's going to say, I'm going somewhere else. But the person buying this team is buying this team with the intention of, I'm going to guess, loading up and, and taking a big run. So that that's that's my thought. Uh, I don't know why else you would uh, buy the team and then, you know, it's not... I guess you could sell for cash. It seems seems pretty silly, but uh, obviously Art Moreno is going to get uh, whatever money he feels out of uh, the Angels. By the way, this is this is the grossest thing ever. Did you see this? I'm sure probably everybody did. This gross Yankee fan. This is the mo- one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. The guy puts a hole in the hot dog with his straw, then drinks his beer with the hot dog. This is seriously one of the grossest things I have ever seen in my life. I don't know. If anybody uh, is uh, eating, I apologize. I just don't understand. Like, who would have taught that person that? Whoever taught that person this thing? They need some serious talking to. Please, do not tell me in the chat that you do this. This is so disgusting. I don't know why I keep showing it if it's so disgusting, but I don't get it. Like, who the hell would do this? And the person recording it, how are they not, like, throwing up in their mouth? Okay, so now we're going to get into really gross stuff into food here. Ultimate Fantasy Sports. My brother used to pour nerds into a bowl and use hot water to make nerd soup. Why wouldn't you use milk? Wouldn't milk be better for nerd soup? Like, I could understand. I, I actually could, like, uh, like isn't Fruit Loops basically nerd soup? Like, any of those chocolate or sugared cereals is nerd soup or whatever. But uh, milk, I think, would bring out more of the nerd flavor, the terpenes of the nerds, if you will. Arnie says, Times cover for person of the year. Like, look at that. Straw? Like, this guy has this down to a science. Straw in, hole, dog in the beer. Like, at first I didn't know what. I thought, is he sucking the juice out of the hot dog? That's what I first thought he was doing. He was drinking the hot dog juice. And I'm like, that's really gross. And then I saw him do that, and... That's even more gross. 
Like, were they filming at, at uh, is this a deleted Seinfeld scene? It was a Mets game. Where's Keith Hernandez, the spitter? Oh, Cameron says, my guy is drunk and trying to use a straw to invent a device for drinking through. You, th- that can't be the first time that guy's done that. He's, he's done, got it down to a science. That guy does that at home. I guarantee it. And then his buddies, if he has any, are all like, what are you doing? That's so gross. And he probably goes into like the bathroom to do it or something like that. And now he's decided to do it at Yankee Stadium for whatever reason. I don't know. Kind of weird. Oh, I got, I know, I got another great video that I uh, saw. That was John Boy Media. If you're not following uh, John Boy Media, uh, it's, uh, it's pretty awesome. They put up some hilarious videos. So this, this video, uh, I'll find it. Uh, no. Let's see. This is, uh, I'm going to bring up this video of the, this is like a old school ump uh, manager going at it. And I just thought this was awesome. I got to bring up the. Uh... There we go. So Nolan Arenado does not like this call. And C.B. Buckner goes absolutely bananas. Oh, we're having some... Arnado, uh, and there's an ejection. C.B. Bucknor has problem here. blatantly missed a couple of calls in this half inning. One for each side, really. This is just so... Uh, when when I see this ejected. stuff, I get excited. You saw the reaction from Nolan Arenado. He turned around in absolute shock and disbelief. I love, like, that guys get this intense. Like, look at how close nose-to-nose these two guys are. And, like, how are you even knowing what the other guy is saying? You're just yelling. Like, this is Trish and I sometimes. We're just saying stuff, whatever. Like, you're not even paying attention to what the other person is saying. You're just yelling. And then this, the other crew chief has to come in and separate like this was awesome we have a picture in the back we don't see this as much anymore same thing to cb butnor back in the day some things haven't changed i thought it was great we don't see enough umpires and managers going toe to toe like that uh so i think that was great um anyway lots of implication as we're talking about with the uh, angel sale today Love to hear your thoughts on what it means. You know, Phil Beavis, you've got to be one of the happiest guys ever. You've got Shohei Otani in Ultimate Fantasy League Baseball. Next year, I, you know, obviously not helping this year. Next year, that Angels team could look like a contender. You know, there's three agents coming. Oh, we're in a commercial break. I'll uh, put up the contacts here.
Okay, we're back after that uh, ad break. There's the different ways you can get in touch with us. Uh, info at uffsports.com, the Twitter network, UFS Network, uh, uh, the UFF Sports, at UFF Sports. You can uh, get us on Instagram, UFF Sports Official, and the website where you can find out all kinds of information, uffsports.com. Uh, okay, my name is Dean Millard. Thanks very much for sticking around on the program. In the uh, second hour, we will have uh, Derek Van Deest of Post Media and Clark Monroe. Uh, he is of the GM of Prairie Wheat Sox. He's also the producer of the Rod Peterson Show. They were just in Edmonton live uh, for the World Junior <laughs> World Juniors. I was looking at uh, looking at uh, a message that said Dodgers. And I was trying to say juniors and said doogers. Ultimate Fantasy Sports says whoever the new owner is knows they will always be second best to the Dodgers. Yeah, in in terms of uh, history and things like that. But if you start winning titles, you won't be. I mean, that there's always the, the Yankees are always going to get top billing unless the the Yankees go in the tank. The Dodgers are the Dodgers, and they get top billing not just because they're they've been there for since the whatever the fifties. It's because they have been really competitive. Not all the time, um, they've they draft well and they develop really well, and then they trade. They they take other teams' players uh, for prospects, and away they go. So it, listen, if somebody comes in and buys, like if A Rod buys the Angels, you think if like. Why don't A-Rod and Jeter get together and go by the Angels? They both want teams. Why not that? A-Rod and Jeter, buy the Angels with your group and make them really good. You've already got the two most marketable players in the league and when healthy, two of the most important players. So I think if the Angels get competitive and they bring in stars, they go out and get Soto or whoever else, they will be on equal footing while they're competitive with the Dodgers. The Dodgers are always going to be uh, historical favorites because they have history, that's all. But if you're better than them, people will start wearing Angels hats instead of Dodgers hats. I would never. True Dodger fans wouldn't. That would mean this. Shame. 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 Oh, and J-Lo is there too. Ultimate Fantasy Sports pointing out. But if the Angels want this... Playoffs? You got to get a busy. You, 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 you have to get those guys some help. All right. What we're going to do now, uh, we'll do this uh, on uh, Tuesdays. It's called uh, Fake Locker Room Sound. Something we used to do on late night radio when I was on TSN 1260, myself and Hernan Salas. And we actually had a really well-respected media member phone us and say, I, I don't think that was the... Uh, the atmosphere, and we're like, yeah, that's that's it's called fake locker room sound. Uh, so this is fake locker room sound, and uh, we have spies everywhere. Like we 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 have cameras, we have microphones, like you would not believe. Uh, so something we're gonna do every uh, Tuesday is called fake locker room sound. Some of these guys might be on here. Some of them might be inspirational. Some of them might be nasty and angry. This is fake locker room sound we grabbed from last night's uh, Yankees and Mets game. 
I don't know, for some reason, um, Aaron Boone decided that he was going to bring everybody together uh, after uh, something happened. So what happened in the outfield? The Yankees were, they they were doing all right. Judge hit a home run off Max Scherzer, his 47th, getting back on track. Then they start yanking. Second half, problems all over the place. A pop-up is dropped when Oswaldo Cabrera and Marwin Gonzalez collide in shallow right. And then Daniel Vogelsang went deep, two-round shot, and the Mets were just down a run. And so, for whatever reason, I didn't even know you could do this in baseball, but Aaron Boone called everybody into the uh, locker room, actually told everybody to get into the shower, and, and we were able to record what Aaron Boone had to say. dejected just disgusted with their effort Aaron Boone last night after Gonzalez dropped the pop-up that he had help Oswaldo Cabrera it looked like Cabrera was calling him off though so maybe that was Gonzalez's fault so one of the best scenes of any baseball movie and and probably the most realistic baseball movie of all time is uh, Bull Durham uh, so we talked a little bit about, uh, I just want to go back to Aaron Judge actually quickly uh, because Aaron Judge is getting back to what we, you know, kind of what we saw in the first half. I mean, his May, June, and July, well, if you were paying attention, you were amazed. 36 home runs in those three months. And he started, I don't think he had a home run in his first five games either. But he has just five so far in August, three of them in the last six games, including last night. Music City Smash, loving the production Judge has given them in Ultimate Fantasy League Baseball, the highest point producer in UFLB. And in Major League Baseball, he's leading in home runs, runs scored, RBI slugging, second in OPS, which also gives them massive points in UFLB. Him and Paul Goldschmidt have to be the two league MVPs. That's what the kind of the genesis of the question. So, I don't know. Judge, I, I think Judge gets it. And uh, Otani you know, in, in our league is second, but he takes up that one spot. So, he probably will win fantasy MVP. Uh, Paul Stastny, 1.5 million one-year deal to stay or to sign in Carolina. 
I like, I, I just like the, what the, the Hurricanes do. Um, they don't sign big, massive contracts. They bring in quality players. They, they obviously aren't afraid, uh, other than when they're trying to piss off another team. Uh, and then the Islanders made a bunch of signings, like a whack of signings uh, in the last couple of days. Noah Dobson, the biggest, three years, $4 million per. Uh, West Coast Express watching that one closely, but obviously keeping them. Uh, the Islanders also signed Alexander Romanoff, uh, whom they picked up in a deal with Montreal, $2.5 million for three years. Rock Republic have Romanoff in the UH, UFHL. But if you're an Islanders fan, you're probably like, holy macaroni, you know, we had... Apparently, Kadri, and he goes uh, to the Flames. Uh, they had, uh, you know, uh, apparently a, a shot at Gaudreau. So, is 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 it Lou? Is, do people not want to go play for Lou anymore? I don't know. Is it the island? You know, I, I, I've been in Edmonton since 2003. I know exactly about what markets can do to a franchise when guys don't want to be here. I mean, the Oilers had an 06 cup run that was so memorable and it was destroyed by Chris Pronger when he just wanted out immediately. And then that team, you know, I'm not saying that they would have won a cup. They were an eighth place team. But after seeing what Pronger did, guys were would have wanted to come and play here. He destroyed that. So, I don't know. I, I, we'll, we'll see what happens where guys land, um, you know, where Patrick Kane wants to go. I can't imagine Patrick Kane has any interest in staying in Chicago. Why would he? Why would you want to go through a rebuild? Jonathan Taves doesn't. He's not going to be there that long. And I don't see Kane. I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know if that, that was a uh, rumor that, Kane said he wasn't going to report to camp or if it was, uh, if it's factual, I have no idea. I just read that somewhere on Twitter and, or I think it was Twitter. I'm not sure, but if, if there's anything close to that, then the Chicago Blackhawks need to get this done ASAP. First of all, you can't let it out publicly that that is happening. Or else nobody is nobody is giving you a fair shake. All right, uh, still to come on the program, Derek Van Deest. He's going to join us from Post Media. We'll talk about these Patrick Kane rumors. Uh, and if not Patrick Kane, is there anything else going on for the Oilers? Also, what fantasy players on that Oiler team, besides the obvious in Dreisaitl and McDavid, should fantasy GMs be targeting in their draft leagues or in the UFHL if they can get Andrea to give up uh, any of the Oilers for the Grizzlies? And still to come, Clark Monroe, producer of the Rod Peterson Show, the GM of Prairie Wheat Sox will drop by. We'll also tell you what games we'll be watching tonight in the world of sports and much more that we can chat about that you have to say in the message board. Please like and subscribe on Twitch. If you're watching this on our YouTube channel, like and subscribe there. And same thing wherever you get your podcasts. This will be out in audio format. This is Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. And we'll be back right after this.
Thanks very much for sticking around uh, the program. This is Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily here on the Ultimate Fantasy Sports Twitch channel. Uh, My name is Dean Millard, uh, host Monday to Friday, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, I I love getting the chance to talk 
fantasy and kind of real life sports. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, we were at the World Juniors and our World Junior tournament came down to the exact golden goal and impacted it. So when fantasy can imitate real life, it's uh, it's always fun. And uh, there's a lot of people interested in what is happening with uh, the Edmonton Oilers right now and particularly what may or may not happen with uh, a possible Patrick Kane signing. And for that, I am uh, just going to bring up his microphone and bring in uh, my good friend, Derek Van Deest from Post Media. DVD, how are you, buddy? Good, Dean. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on. I am great. Uh, thank you very much for joining me on the program today. Uh, one of the things that obviously we wanted to talk to you about is the uh, the big rumors of, of Patrick Kane coming to Edmonton. First of all, what are your thoughts? Do you, do you buy in that the Oilers are serious contenders for Patrick Kane? Do you think it's just a rumor? What, where are your, what's your thought process on Kane? Um, no, I buy in. Uh, I, I think right now in the, the situation in Chicago is um, they're rebuilding, and I don't think Patrick Kane or Evander or Jonathan Taves wants anything to do with Chicago right now. I think they both want out. Uh, I think you look they, they look at the Oilers and they look how they're probably one of the best teams in the Western Conference. And if I was Patrick Kane and, and I thought my career was kind of at the tail end here and, and I thought I had wanted to win one more Stanley Cup, I'd look at Edmonton, and I think that that's obvious. I think it's a matter of now working out this deal. Um, I know I was kind of joking with some friends that a lot of people thought that Duncan Keith trade last year, uh, the owners did Chicago a favor, so maybe they thought <laughs> maybe now that Chicago kind of owes them a favor and maybe they'll they'll be able to retain a, a lot of that salary when it comes to Patrick King just to get him off, off their roster. But, um, no, I, I've heard this rumor before. I heard it early on in the summer, and I, and I, I was thinking about it. I was like, no, I, I think that has legs. I think there's – there's something there to be said with that. And if Patrick Kane wants to come and play with Leon Dreisaitl and he wants to come and play with uh, with Connor McDavid and, and, and Evander Kane, I think this is, would be a good fit for him. And, and you look at the, at the Oilers, it's usually the rich get richer in this league. So you look at the Oilers and the riches they have, uh, if they can add a talent like uh, Patrick Kane, then they're definitely, definitely Stanley Cup contenders. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is a team that last year went on a prolonged playoff run. I, I just look at it, and, you know, you and I have discussed the Oilers a lot. I'm not sure they need an extra massively skilled forward. I, I mean, they do have a number of those already. Do you not think if they're going to add to something to this team, it should be on the blue line? Well, probably, but if someone offers you up a massively skilled forward, <laughs> I don't think you'd turn them away. Yeah. I, I don't think you can score enough goals in this league. I don't think anyone's going to say, no, no, we're good. we're good in the goal department. Uh, you know, we'll have to try and prevent something. If you're going to win games, eight to seven, eight, whatever, you know, whatever it is, you're going to score five, six, seven goals a game. Uh, does it really matter what you have on your blue line? I, I, it's just a matter of winning. And I think, um, I don't think you can have enough offense in your lineup, especially in, in this day and age of when, when you have injuries and you have guys go down. Um, if someone says to you, hey, there's an opportunity to, to bring a guy that's probably going to end up in the Hall of Fame, uh, to your roster, you say yes. And I think that was the situation with Duncan Keith last year. And I think that's the situation here with Patrick Kane. If he wants to play for you, you find a way to get him to play for you. Yeah, I, I think uh, it's it's obviously a really good point in that you're, the opportunity to get a guy like this doesn't come around 
very often. And, you know, you, you also don't want guys like McDavid and Dreisaitl finding out that you could have picked up a guy like this and, and you didn't. Now, having said all that, what do you think it will cost the Edmonton Oilers to make this kind of deal? Well, that's a good question. So I, I guess they'd have to, I'm, I'm not sure of the numbers, but I think Kane is probably on the back end of that massive contract that he signed. So um, it would cost them draft picks and, and prospects. And I think right now that's what Chicago's looking at. They're looking to load up on draft picks and then prospects. So it might cost you a, a high-end prospect. It might cost you a, a high-end defenseman, a, a guy that you, you tout uh, that you're gonna, probably going to play here in the next couple of years. But then, then you have to weigh in the, do we want to win now or are, are, we, are we waiting to win in the future? I know Ken Holland wants to build, build something here, but these, these windows of opportunity don't open very often. And when they're open, they don't open for very long. And, and so I think you look at that, and I think a lot of people would say, okay, if you're going to trade in a high-end prospect or, or a high draft pick to get a guy like Patrick Kane in here, and you think you're going to win the Stanley Cup this season, then, then that's what you do. And I know a lot of these trades are usually made towards uh towards the trade deadline to just kind of load up but if you can get this guy for 82 games um this would be exciting to him watch him play I, who, who, how much money would you pay to watch him and mcdavid play on the same line like that's that's that would be really exciting yeah I, i'd probably pay uh more than what they were charging for the world junior that we just uh watched <laughs> <laughs> which was a, which was a disaster and we'll try to get into that in in a second but um, so yeah, I think the Oilers have to win now. Like, I, I don't think that you can just say, tell these guys out, ah, we're not going to win. So, you know, from the prospect guy in me, I don't want to give up Holloway. I don't want to give up Broberg cause he's just coming in. I'm not sure what those prospects are, but from, uh, if I was an Oiler guy, I don't care about those guys. I know what Patrick Kane can do. Mm-hmm. That's right. You're, you're hoping that, you know, you know, Always going to be a great player. Is he going to be Patrick Kane? Probably not. So you have to really weigh that, and, and you have to weigh that option. How long before uh, Dylan Holloway comes in and, and, and is that impact player for you? And by the time he is that impact player, will that window be closed? And so you have to weigh all these things. Patrick Kane is going to help you right now. He's going to help you a lot right now. And, and I think that's one thing that the owners have to weigh in. Like he, the day he's on your team, you're immediately better. Uh, you can't necessarily say that about Dylan Holloway because he'll probably take a couple of years to get to that impact level. So I think that's what Ken Holland is weighing now. Do you want to be immediately better or do you want to hold off because you're hoping that maybe three or four years down the road you'll be better? Yeah, and listen, I think we've seen enough uh, decade of darkness, whatever you call want to call it. Uh, there have been a couple of runs. But this fan base, like, I, I think you need to, to go all in. And, you know, as much as I want to keep those guys as prospects and I, and I wouldn't want it for one year of Evander Kane, do I want to give up Holloway and another guy? I don't know. But I do know that if you don't start doing something and making it look proactive, and I think they were proactive last year with Hyman and, and, some, and mm-hmm. Kulak this year has been good. But this team has to win now. Like, this team is in win-now mode, or else eventually those rumors and every time they lose, they start up, uh, oh, they're going to ask for a trade. That, at some point, is going to happen. And Leon Dreisaitl's contract is coming up. So maybe Dreisaitl and Kane get this awesome chemistry, and they both decide to re-sign in Edmonton. I'm not sure. But if you don't give them the help, then there's a better chance Dreisaitl says, I'm going somewhere else. No, exactly. And, and it, they want to go where they want to win. They don't want to wait around to win. And then, you know what, Dean, we're not that far removed from 
let's go all in to make the playoffs here in Edmonton, right? And and now we're talking about let's go all in to win the Stanley Cup. So I think I think that's the the, the difference here is that we're, they're going all in to win the Stanley Cup. They're mortgaging some future to try and win right now. And you look at those windows, not a lot of teams – Tampa's window is closed already, and they're moving on. And, and you look at that window that they had. So you look at Edmonton, and their guys are not even in their prime yet. Their top players are not even in their prime. So you're looking at this team, and you're thinking, okay, this team could make runs, serious runs for the Stanley Cup for the next three, four, five years. So let's do that. Let's let's you know mortgage some guys that maybe we, they're going to take three or four or five years to develop and become high-end players and and go for it now and, and, and get that, that window now. And I think that's maybe the, the attitude that – has to be taken here. You, you're not going to develop a, a dynasty like you did in the 80s where you're winning five, six, set, five, five Stanley Cups in seven years. It's not going to happen. You only have a short win. You're going to win one or two Stanley Cups, and then your window is closed. And I think that's where the Oilers are right now. The window is just opening up for them, but it closes pretty quick if you don't make a move on it. Do you think the Oilers are the front runners for Patrick Kane? I think so, and I think, I think they're the front runners because Patrick Kane sees that lineup, and he sees that he has a chance to play with one of the greatest players of all time in Connor McDavid. And he has a chance to play with maybe one of the a top 10 player in Leon Dreisaitl. So yeah, I, I, I think that Patrick Kane looks at that Oilers lineup and says, I want to play there. I want to go there. I want to be part of those guys. I want to have fun this year. I don't want to spend another year in Chicago where we lost 60%, 70% of our games. I want to go have fun. This, this game is fun. And the, where am I going to have the most fun? Probably playing at Edmonton with those guys because they're going to score a ton, a ton of goals. Derek Van Deest of Post Media and NHL.com uh, joining us here on Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. Um, when we look at the Edmonton Oilers, the first two names that obviously come up are McDavid and Dreisaitl. Who are the other guys? Who are the complementary players on this team? You know, if, if there are fantasy GMs out there looking at the Oilers going into drafts, obviously you'd love to get those top two guys, but who are the guys that benefit from those guys the most for, for maybe for people that don't watch the Oilers enough? Well, obviously you got Zach Hyman, his game, and he had the best season of his career last year. And it's, it's not a coincidence that he was playing with McDavid and Dreisaitl. Um, obviously Evander Kane had the best year of his career playing with McDavid and Dreisaitl. Um, you you kind of you look down the list and, and, and guys like that that usually play fourth or you know fourth line roles are, are getting moved up and they get opportunities to to, to play with with these guys. So I think um, you know guys like that. Uh, you, you look at a, a a regular third line guy may get the chance to play some second line minutes with those guys and they're going to have their their best career. So it, it, it kind of those guys are lifting everyone up in the lineup. And I think if you look at the Oilers lineup and you look at their third or fourth line guys, uh, you know, especially the ones that have some skill, have some talent, those are the guys that, that you know, if I'm, if I'm a fantasy guy, those are the guys I'm looking at. Because usually anyone that plays with Leon Dreisettle, Connor McDavid, like Zach Hyman, like uh, Evander Kane, they're going to have their best year offensively. And, and whoever comes in here, uh, Kane will probably have a fantastic year if he, if he plays here. And, and then you look at, you know, the other guys in the lineup, and, I, and I'm sure, um, yeah, those are guys that are, that are probably going to do well offensively, especially if this team is, is, is an offensive juggernaut next year, like they would be if, if, if Patrick Kane showed up here. Yeah, and, and the one thing that, you know, it goes back to who was playing left wing on the Gretzky and Curry line in, in the 80s. I'm Gene Principe told just a hilarious story about Gretzky telling him he was going to play with Crucial Niski that year, and Gene drafted Crucial Niski late in the rounds and ended up winning his pool. I mean, <laughs> Euler players 
in in later rounds would be worth taking and then just watching, especially if you're in daily fantasy. Oh, this guy just got bumped up with McDavid or Dreisaitl. You're going to get a boost. And and that's the way it was with, with Gretzky back in the day. That's the way it was with a lot of teams, although some of the other teams kind of stick a little bit. But it's worth taking those guys in later rounds from the high teams, Colorado, just in case they get bumped up to that line for a week or two and, and kind of ride the hot streak. Oh, for sure, and I, and I gotta say, I, I think Gene should have been disqualified for insider trading back then. If he's if he's using that information to win his pool, that that sounds like insider trading to me. But no, you're you're absolutely right. Um, whoever plays with those guys is gonna have that production. All you gotta do is hand them the puck and get out of the way, and you're gonna get a lot of points. You and I could play with McDavid and Drysdale, and we would have we'd have that kind of success, I think. So, um, no, I, I think you're right. You look at that lineup, and you look at some of those guys that may get moved, especially those third line guys may get a chance to move up to the, to the second line and play with Dreisaitl or may get a chance to play with McDavid, even if for parts of games. It doesn't have to be the whole game or long stretches. Um, they're going to do, do well. And, and I think it's just a matter of just getting him the puck and, and getting out of the way. All right. Uh, finally, uh, we were uh, both at uh, an extremely cold uh, Roger, or Rogers place this week for the uh, World Junior Championship which got really exciting in that final game. I, I mean, that was a great final game, but it was a long, quiet week for the World Juniors. Obviously a summer tournament, a lot of thing, reasons for that. Um, but I, I think the, the moral of the story is they don't ever want to have a summer tournament again. No, and they pretty much said that, didn't they? The IIHF pretty much said, we don't want to, that's what they learned the lesson from. We don't want to, we don't want to have a summer tournament again. So it, it was, they're in a tough situation, obviously. With, with, they had to get this tournament in because of the broadcast rights. There was really no other time to do it. Um, but like you and I, we talked about this. Hockey Canada didn't help matters. It, it, they didn't help matters because if they, they should have adopted this as a summer tournament. They should have embraced this as a summer tournament. They just should have said, hey, you know what? It's the summer. There's a lot of kids who don't have much to do. Uh, they're all in summer camps or wherever. School's out. Why don't we make a $20 ticket? Let these kids come in and watch these games. And so we're not playing in empty buildings. Like people, I have talked to so many people on the street and so many fans that said, you know what? I would have gone and watched Sweden, Switzerland. I would have gone and watched uh, Finland play. Uh, But you know what? The tickets were $75. I'm not paying $75 to watch Finland play. I'm sorry. And it's the same thing with the the Canada games and the preliminary round. I'm sorry. I'm not paying $180 to watch 19, 20-year-old players. Um, It doesn't matter what jersey they're wearing. And I think that was an issue is that they, they could have really turned this into something fun. They could have really done that. Um, but they didn't. They didn't want. I don't know for whatever reason they didn't do it. They didn't want to, or what? I just not sure. Uh, and I wish there was someone from Hockey Canada around during the tournament to say, "Hey, why didn't you guys make this a some a, a fun summer tournament and bring as many people as you can into the arena and offer twenty dollars tickets to students or student tickets or or something like that to get people to come and watch?" Because I think a lot of people would have spent two and a half hours inside an arena, a plus thirty in August, to say, "Yeah, okay, I'll go, I'll go watch Finland and Sweden. I think that'd be an interesting game." But I don't know why, it, for whatever reason, they did not do that. Yeah, it would have been uh, the the best air conditioned place in the whole city for twenty bucks for sure. Uh, for DVD sure. for sure Hank, for twenty bucks. Yeah, it was crazy, and and you would see like Connor Bedard or you know whoever maybe maybe the Canadian games would be more, but there should have been. And there's lots of camps going on right now. They could even given away free tickets for those for those camps. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right about that for sure. But, 
hopefully, like we said, we don't have to do it again. In December, it'll be normal. And, uh, hey, man, we're all looking forward to seeing if this Patrick Kane thing uh, comes to fruition and see if he's wearing that uh, jersey up there. Always a pleasure when I get to catch up with you, my man. And I hope we can do it again sometime. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on, Daniel. Good luck with the show. Thanks, buddy. There's uh, Derek Van Deest of Post Media and NHL.com, uh, one of the really good guys in the media. Has always uh, had time for me and uh, always loved chatting with him. He, he covered the Medicine Hat Tigers for a long time as well. And so we always chat about uh, the Tigers and Bob Ridley and some of those great stories. Uh, that go back. So really appreciate DVD uh, giving us some time today. When we come back, we're going to chat some baseball. We're going to talk Major League Baseball. We're going to talk UFLB with Clark Monroe. He's the producer of the Rod Peterson Show, and he's the GM of the Prairie Wheat Sox. We will talk with Clark right after this minute.
All right, thanks very much for uh, sticking around there, getting everything set up with our uh, next guest, uh, and uh, very happy to uh, be welcoming in Clark Monroe in uh, just one second. He is the uh, producer of the Rod Peterson Show. You can hear it uh, or watch it Monday to Friday, uh, and it's everywhere. Like, it's on YouTube, it's on the Game Network, uh, it is uh, literally everywhere, and I was... Uh, I was really uh, honored uh, to be a guest on that show last week from the World Juniors, and so I thought it would be uh, nice to uh, bring in Clark, who joined me at one point on this show before, and joins me now. How are you, my man? Hey, I'm doing great. Dean, thanks for having me on. Uh, Extremely excited to get into this talk today. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, I'm gonna have to get some lessons from you guys because I'm 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 having some lip sync problems on the VMix, and I know you guys at IKS are uh, some uh, IK uh, VMix experts. So I'll get this uh, uh, figured out at some point. But let's talk about uh, right now and this potential sale for the Angels and like this one tweet from Jeff Passan today. I think it just like shook up all of Major League Baseball. And the two happiest people have to be the two stars in, in Anaheim that maybe next year a new owner could get them some help. What, what were your thoughts when you saw the tweet from Jeff Passan that maybe the Angels are for sale? Yeah, first off, uh, a little surprised because from everything I've heard of the Angels owner from people who don't like him uh, is that he's very stubborn. So I was a little surprised to see that he would even consider this um, as an option and just because, you know, Jeff Passan's tweeting out that he's he's asking around or he's thinking about it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen. Uh, we'll see if that does come to fruition. But, like, it kind of surprised me a little bit, again, just because uh, the Angels seem to be one of those teams that just kind of, it's like a hamster on a wheel. It never goes anywhere. They're always spinning, but they're never going anywhere. Uh, and with this news coming out, we've seen uh, with Washington's going through where they've been dumping everything to get futures, futures, futures with their potential sale or whatever they've got going on. Uh, it just leads to another exciting kind of wrinkle in what baseball could be. And we saw one of the more exciting trade deadlines in recent history, this past trade deadline. And now this off season's going to be riddled with Otani and trout rumors and everybody else who's on that roster who isn't nailed down. Uh, so I think it's going to be good for, honestly, it's good for baseball. If the angels maybe go through a fire sale and get super young, um, we also, I also saw some tweets that said, you know, screw the athletics. Maybe we move the angels, uh, to Vegas and how much money Otani and Trout would make in Vegas. So, uh, I don't know. It's going to lead to a lot of headlines. I'm curious, uh, how this is all going to go, go, uh, go down. Wow. You know, like what, what would major league baseball would, would major league baseball let the angels move to Vegas? I guess because you would want another team coming in back into that market. Like there's that market is definitely big enough, but I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. y- you think they should like like get rid of Shohei and Trout and go really young, or or keep those guys and try to go really young? Well, I guess there's two trains of thought, and I've kind of gone back and forth since I saw this news earlier today. And and you mentioned you wanted to chat about it. Um, you, if you're making a sale of your team, do you want to sell your team with really valuable guys like Otani and Trout. Now, Trout, obviously, with the injury issue, we don't know uh, how he's going to be going forward. But um, if you want to sell with those two guys, maybe do you consider that to have make your franchise value higher? Or if you trade those guys for a ton of really good prospects and maybe a couple of roster players to fill in, 
does that make your team more valuable for future? Uh, like if you get some really good top 100 prospects or something, or maybe some really young roster players to replace those guys. Uh, obviously, Otani's not matched. There's no player like him. So how do you replace him? You probably don't exactly, but maybe through the aggregate, as Billy Bean likes to say on Moneyball, um, mm. you can replace a guy like that. But uh, if you if you fill out the roster with a bunch of youth, maybe that makes the franchise, the new franchise owner coming in or the bidder, uh, a little bit more excited to maybe uh, purchase the team for the next, you know, his next five or 10 years look pretty stocked. That might help him out as well, um, rather than a middling team with a couple of guys that aren't seeming to really do the trick. So I guess there's there's a couple of trains of thought on that one. Uh, franchise uh, face of the league type of guys uh, or a bunch of really exciting young players. We saw the, the, load, the load that uh, the Padres got from the Nationals. Mm-hmm. So you would think that for Otani, he'd probably get a very similar, uh, a similar batch of guys coming back. And for Trout, depending on his health, like I said earlier, probably another similar batch. So if you could get that many assets for those two guys, you'd think that your team would be looking pretty good. There's been uh, a ton of talk this year about uh, Aaron Judge and uh, what he's been doing, and, and rightfully so, specifically in the first three months, May, June, and July. The guy was just on fire. But now we're also talking about Albert Pujols and this charge for 700. How cool of a story is this? And, you know, in, in, in our fantasy platform, we also have the Legends League that will be coming in sometime. So older guys that are almost retired still have that little bit of value. And, and Pujols is delivering for, for the, you know, the, the franchise. Anybody that took a chance on Pujols this year, they're getting their money's worth right now. Is he... Is he the best hitter you've seen in your generation of watching baseball? Yeah, he's always, he's actually, funny enough, he's been one of my favorite players since I was a kid. Uh, Just watching him hit, he's so fluid, he's so mechanical, he's so just, uh, he's basically like the perfect kind of hitter, and he has been forever. Uh, He's had the same mechanics. He never looks much uh, slower in terms of his bat speed. Uh, He just, he has such a good, line on his bat in terms of how the bat gets through the strike zone uh and it's funny dean because earlier in the year obviously uh the wheat Sox were pretty blessed to have paul goldschmidt at first base mm-hmm. but at one point he was our only first baseman and there was a couple of times where i was really fighting the urge even though Pujols was struggling to reach out to the display the space sluggers and see if they would be interested in maybe moving him to our team as a depth first baseman and if i would have i would have been laughing right now uh but uh i think the the Legends League value is pretty high for them as well. So uh, he's he's always been one of my favorite players. I've loved watching him for so many years, and uh, I'm so pumped. Actually, uh, my assistant general manager, Max Ritz, actually texted me um, the other night. I think it was two nights ago. And was like, dude, how fun is it for you to be watching your favorite player at the age of 42 yeah. just ripping through baseballs? Um, and I was – I I hope he stays another year. I, I want to keep this going. Like, this is amazing. Uh, how high can he get? Let's just keep coming back. Why not? Yeah, it's it's been fun. One of the one of the good stories. Uh, what about divisional races? I mean, it's different this year. Uh, as a Jays fan, uh, what is this year compared to last year when they got so close? This year, you know they're getting in. Is it as exciting? Is it as tense? And what do you think is the best divisional race in baseball right now? Well, I'll I'll start with the Blue Jays thing. Um, as a Blue Jays fan myself, and all of our staff here pretty much are. Um, 
last year it seemed like with them kind of scraping and, and scrapping to get into that last spot, it seemed like there was a lot more positive optimism about the team. Uh, whereas every every good thing that went right, everybody was really pumped about, and the bad things, you know, it, they weren't as focused on. This year, the expectations were a lot higher for the Jays, and with that in mind, it seems like all of the negative things are really being brought to the forefront now. Um, and it's it's a little unfortunate because there's so much good baseball being played by the Blue Jays. Um, there just just seems like there's too many things that go wrong, and the fan base is getting really frustrated by it because expectations were just so high. Uh, I'd love to say that the AL East is probably the best divisional race. And with that in mind, with the Jays being literally right in the middle of it, um, that's also led to a lot of stress. I think fans are pretty stressed right now. Uh, and just like in the fact that every game does mean so much. And we've seen so many stretches where the Jays would lose uh, an entire series to the Orioles or an entire series to the, insert not so good team here where they should be winning these games. Uh, and it's, it's a lot of, of frustration. Now they're coming into a really big series against the Red Sox. If they can come out with a few wins against the Red Sox here, that would be massive. Um, but actually, you know, funny story too. I'm going to Toronto in September. My dad's retiring. So uh, I'm going to go to Toronto with him for three days. We're going to see two games against the Rays and one against the Orioles. And when we planned this at the beginning of the year, uh, not that we weren't excited to see the Rays and the Orioles necessarily, but we didn't think that they would be necessary. Like at the time, it didn't look like they were going to be uh, fighting for a playoff spot with both teams. And now this is going to be a mid to late September trip that could be like one of the most important stretches of games in the Blue Jays season. So we're actually extremely excited to be going to those. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. So if anybody from uh, UFSN or UFFS is going to be in Toronto in September, uh, Stop by the Jays game. I might see you there. Um, oh, man. But, yeah, no, really, yeah, it's a really exciting trip. Um, it's, it's a really exciting season, I should say. There is a lot of positives, but it, like I said, Dean, it's just like it's one of those seasons where expectations were so high at the beginning that nothing seems to be quite good enough this year compared to what last year was. Yeah, and, and, and it's funny because last year the they didn't make it, obviously, uh, and this year they're yeah. – they're, they're, you know, unless something crazy happens, they're going to make the playoffs. I mean, it's, uh, it, 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 you know, maybe it's, maybe the Blue Jays fans need to just relax and coast into the playoffs and, and then get there. I don't know. Yeah. Good luck. You, I, I'd like to see you try to make that campaign get started, Dina. If you can get the, Hey, Jays fans, relax hashtag going or something like that. I think that'd be great. Uh, I don't, I don't see that happening though. It seems like everyone's just on pins and needles right now. Uh, in terms of other divisions, I, I was looking around at that earlier. I, I love the race going on in the AL central um, right now. And I think that's really the only one that's, you know, really at this point, if you look at the, how many games back some of these teams are, yeah, the only three-team race left is that one outside of the AL East. Uh, there's a couple two-team races, but for the most part, I, I guess the NL East is maybe with the Phillies kind of storming back. Uh, maybe that one could be one to keep your eye on down the down the stretch. But the AL Central with those teams, like with Cleveland leading the way, I don't think very many people pick the Guardians to be at the top of the division right no. now. Uh, the Twins made the Twins made all those moves at the deadline and got a lot stronger. The White Sox were supposed to probably, if, if you were taking betting favorites at the beginning of the year, the White Sox are probably the betting favorites. Uh, and now they're technically in third. So I, I love how that division's kind of battling out because there's a lot of like really, these are teams you don't want to face in the playoffs, I don't think. 
Um, no. Especially what we saw as a Jays fan again with the Guardians coming in and, and beating up the Jays a couple of weeks or a week, a week or so ago. Um, and how strong and deep Minnesota's bullpen is now with their additions and their lineups looking pretty solid. And the White Sox, you just never know what they're going to be, how healthy they're going to be. If they're a healthy team, they're probably winning that division. So uh, it's a, I like that division, how it's playing down right now. And the Royals, with their scrappy young guys coming up, like my boy Drew Waters for the Wheat Sox, uh, who he uh, took in the auction way back, and he's now being called up. So we're keeping an eye on that division really tightly right now. Well, you, you have to, and it kind of um, as we morph into a little bit of fantasy talk, uh, there's my list of the three fantasy baseball MVPs this year, Aaron Judge, Paul Goldschmidt, and, and Otani, just because he's still doing crazy things. Uh, I know you might yeah. have Goldschmidt a little bit higher, but uh, do you have different names for fantasy MVP? Because it is different than Major League MVP. Yeah, I, I'm i going to say no. Uh, I mean, with the fact that Aaron Judge, with this, all the storylines coming into the season with his contract and him turning it down and betting on himself, and now he's hitting 300 with almost 50 home runs, um, that's just stupid. And uh, I, as a Jays fan, I hate it, but as a baseball fan, it's pretty unbelievable what he's doing right now. Goldschmidt, just watching so much of him this year, I, I don't think I've ever watched as many Cardinals games this year as I, <laughs> as I ever have in my life. Um, just watching him this year and how like consistent he's been. It's not that he's necessarily putting up major, major numbers. He's nowhere near judge in terms of home runs. He's close in RBIs. Like he's putting up some really good production in that regard, but it just seems like he's quietly putting together like a hall of fame caliber season. Like, it's just like, that's, that's kind of how Paul Goldschmidt's kind of been his whole career. Like, when we were drafting him, uh, that was literally one of the things that we discussed was if he's available in the early top five rounds, maybe the third or fourth or fifth round, uh, he was like our number one first baseman. Be- just because not only uh, is he solid, he's he's got some years left in him, but he's like a guaranteed 30 to 40 home run, always yeah. hits over 300 pretty much every year, like 100 RBIs pretty solidly. And he just does it so quietly that he kind of flew under the radar. So we got him in the fourth round, and he's the third highest scoring player in, in UFLB right now. So we're pretty pumped about that. Um, but I think it has to be Judge. And then, like, maybe you give some consideration to what Jose Ramirez is doing, especially if he gets the Guardians into the playoffs. I know we're talking fantasy and not just straight-up MVP here. But um, it, what he's been doing for Cleveland and kind of pushing them up to the top of the AL Central when nobody really thought they were going to be there – among some other guys, I mean, he has teammates that are also probably maybe overperforming, not necessarily overperforming, exceeding expectations. So uh, he's definitely a guy that I would put at least like 3.5 on that list or four probably. Yeah, and, and you're right. When you're talking major league MVP as opposed to fantasy MVP, you, you don't really look at uh, the, the playoff aspect, but I, I think what I've always no. been a fan of, of Ramirez and thought he was always been one of the, uh, the better, uh, short, uh, th- third baseman as well. And, 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 you know, for, for them to get into the playoffs would be, would be a pretty cool story. Uh, okay. I've, I've been trying to bring up your roster, uh, but I'm having some crazy tech problems, but let's talk about the Prairie Wheat Sox leading the LK. Yeah, okay. I got and, memorized. Dean. <laughs> yeah. And, and the league, the last time I looked, how has it been running a franchise as a group? It's been great. I mean, we since day one, we were putting a lot of effort into it. I mean, we had 
as basically since that uh, franchise auction went down, um, we were having weekly meetings to go over positional rankings. We were talking about how, you know, different approaches that we wanted to take in terms of how we wanted to build our roster. Do we want to go young? Do we want to go old? Do we want to go cheap? Do we want to go expensive? Like we, we were having a lot of conversations um, all the time, uh, group chats, etc. So that's myself. Um, at the time, we had Craig Ballard, who I know had, took over as head of baseball there for a little bit and was making some awesome content. Um, so he was a big help in, in coming up with some of our draft rankings. Uh, Max Ritz, my assistant general manager, who's kind of my day-to-day guy. And then Tanner Ring, uh, who is a, a big-time baseball coach here in Saskatchewan. So um, between the four of us, we had a really good mix of minds. Um, and it was just a lot of fun to always debate with, uh, with each of those guys to kind of see how we wanted this to unfold. Uh, with us, it, it kind of... I don't know. Our season kind of morphed. Like we weren't necessarily thinking that we were going to go like more or less all in this season. Uh, We were kind of hoping to kind of build a strong core and then go into the next couple of years and really kind of go with some younger guys and watch them grow. Uh, But that quickly, quickly changed for us. I mean, when we got Corbin Burns in that first overall Mm -hmm. slot in the 17th pick, um, I don't think that was the one that necessarily changed us our path. Um, but we, once we got Springer, uh, sorry, Salvador Perez in the second, uh, who is 31, now 32 Springer, uh, who is 32 Goldschmidt, who's 34. And then our fifth round pick was Lance Lynn, who's 35. All of a sudden we were like, okay, well we better go for it here. Like we, we, uh, we quickly changed from not quite like going for like the late twenties, mid twenties guys to having some really good opportunities to get these really impactful kind of end of their late prime kind of guys who are producing a lot now. Uh, and that really changed how we approached it. And everyone saw that as, you know, right as soon as the draft is over, we made a trade. We went out and got Marcus Stroman um, to try to bolster our, our starting rotation a little bit. And then from there, you know, we made a lot of, you mentioned it when we were chatting earlier, we made a lot of early trades mm-hmm. um, in the first, I'm going to say like month or two. Uh, and then we kind of slowed down. Now, maybe that's because we traded a lot of our assets away. <laughs> uh, but we also really liked uh, where we put ourselves, like what kind of position we put ourselves in. Um, once we got like two months or so into the season, we really liked how our roster was looking. And we were just trying to look for maybe roster maximizations at that point. So like guys with more options, guys with cheaper salaries, you know, those types of things just kind of help our roster stay flexible. So it's been a really great year, and the the guys on staff have made it that much better, and uh, definitely not where we expected to be uh, at this point after the All Star break. Those are such great surprises. I mean, when when that happens, and you're like, "Hey, this is kind of a pleasant surprise," and then and then you keep going. So, what has been as the season? I know you guys were surprised to get Burns, but what's been the best surprise player for you this year? I've I've told the guys this a couple times. Um, well, Goldschmidt, just because we expected him to be, we wanted him to be good, but we didn't expect him necessarily to be this good. But that's the easy answer. Uh, the one that I've, I quickly fell in love with, and uh, I had to get him on our roster as soon as I could, was Christopher Morell from the Chicago Cubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy came in, and one of his his first at bat was a walk off home run for the Cubs. And when I saw that, I was watching some of our other guys at the time. Uh, I was like, well, I got to go see if this guy is registered yet. And when I I saw that he wasn't. I was like, okay, I'm registering this guy right now. Uh, and it was like a 10-minute f- conversation. We were like, I saw the home run. 
I texted the group. I'm like, guys, I'm going to register this guy. They're like, they were like, go for it. Uh, and then the next night, I think he got like two hits or something as well. And maybe stole a base or something. I'm like, I'm putting this guy on our roster. Like this guy's exciting. And he was fun to watch. He was young. He's 23. Uh, and he was, he had a couple of positions. So I was like, well, this, he'll fit our roster pretty good. And he's now turning into kind of not, not that he's like, producing crazy crazy numbers anymore like he kind of simmered down a little bit he was kind of hot at the beginning of the season and then you know as young players do maybe they they people make adjustments for them or whatever it is but he's picked up third base and he's kind of become our starting third baseman so I've I've absolutely loved watching this kid throughout the year I don't watch many Cubs games but when I do it's always to watch him so uh it's it's a lot of fun and he's been really exciting to uh kind of see how he's changed our roster a little bit it really did change our philosophy with a few of the guys that we ended up trading away because we had a guy like him um, to kind of fill in for a couple of the guys that we dealt. So that actually worked out really well. Okay. So last week uh, I was in at a Rogers place and I was uh, uh, honored enough to be on the Rod Peterson show, which of course you are a producer of. And so that was a lot of fun. And the big talk was Connor Bedard, especially then obviously things cooled off uh, for, you know, an amazing player in that tournament learning experiences. My question for you is being a Regina, does Connor Bernard finish the season in Regina? Do they get enough pieces for him where they can make a run at the Memorial Cup in Kamloops? Or do they get a boatload for him and trade him and then start the process all over again? What, what are you hearing? What do you think happens? That topic is kind of like taboo right now in this city. <laughs> like nobody really wants to bring it up. Um, it It's kind of their whispers are there and there's definitely some people that I've talked to in the hockey community um, that have brought it up and, and saying that that's maybe the smart thing to do, the right thing to do. But uh, I'm not saying I'm not speaking for the team. I know some sure. people with the team, but I'm not speaking for them at all here. But um, you know, I, I know, I know who the owner of the team is um, and just thinking about him and, and his uh, attitude and mentality towards the team. I don't think he will want to, to trade him. I think he'll want to try his best to, to keep him here and win with them. Um, that's just a guess. I don't know how they do that. I mean, last week uh, they ended up signing uh, one of their Euro picks. Yeah. Uh, CHL import. I should call them. I, I'm still used to calling them the Euro draft, but um, they signed one from last year and that was their second round pick last year. And his name, if I can just pull it up fast enough, is a Washington Capitals uh, second round pick from this past year. Uh, I, if, you, Russia, if I scroll I think, long enough, he? I'll find it. Yeah, Alexander Suzdalev. Mm-hmm. Um, so he came over. He's from Russia, yeah. And he uh, he was a late pick in the Euro draft last year, and they didn't they didn't sign him. And then he had a monster year uh, in the Swedish under twenty league. Uh, he put up over a point per game over there, and then he was a second round NHL draft pick. Uh, now they've signed him. Uh, now this has led to a lot of speculation, Dean, and you can imagine. Uh, in a junior hockey market such as this with Connor Bedard in town already, that another first of uh, the first round pick from last year's draft, who they also didn't sign, his name is Joachim Kamel, and he is a first round pick of the National Predators. You know this well. Uh, he had a great, a great uh, World Juniors as well, and he isn't signed yet. So it's like, okay, so if they signed last year's second round pick, are they also going to sign last year's first round pick? And if that's the case, Maybe they're cooking with gas now. Like if that's the, if they're going to bring in these two guys, uh, that could change the whole landscape of the team. So 
I I don't know exactly. It's I think we still have to wait and see a little bit. I mean, I don't think the I checked into Kamel and like he's playing pro over mm-hmm. in in Europe, so I can't imagine that Predators are in any rush to put him in junior at this point. But um, it would definitely change the landscape of the Pats and the WHL. I think as a whole, if he were to come over, uh, and would immediately change their roster. So I I'm very curious. I think uh, hopes are very roller coastery here right now in terms of what people are thinking and, and wanting and uh, we'll see. I think the like I said, the conventional wisdom would be to see how you start the season and then maybe by the time Bedard leaves for World Juniors, those those rumors are going to creep up depending on how the team's doing. Uh, but I think uh, I would put a little bit of money on maybe them trying to keep them and see what they can do. Might as well. Uh, Memorial Cup is uh, in Kamloops, so it's in Western Canada. It would make a lot of sense to to go for it. And we'll we'll be watching that story pretty closely. Clark, as always, uh, I love uh, when you join the show. Can't wait to do it again. And best of luck down the stretch in UFLB and into the playoffs. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Dean. There's Clark Monroe, uh, the uh, producer of the Rod Peterson Show and also the GM of the Prairie Wheat Sox in Ultimate Fantasy League Baseball. What an awesome logo they have. Uh, I already have buddies wanting to find it on a hat, so I'll have to get that figured out uh, a little bit. All right, uh, one quick timeout, a very quick one. As we get set to wrap up the show, we'll tell you about the games to watch tonight. We're back in just a second. Final segment of the show. Uh, we'll recap a couple of things uh, that we did earlier. Where will Patrick Kane play this year in the National Hockey League? That was our question of the day. You can chime in uh, on Twitter at UFS Network or at DuckMillard. You can also get on the Twitch chat and you can uh, chime in there. We had some really good uh, back and forth uh, conversations on there about Patrick Kane. Also, uh, we're discussing today who is your top three candidates for fantasy Major League Baseball MVP. I went with Judge, Goldschmidt, and Otani. Uh, Clark Monroe, who we just had uh, as the GM for the uh, Wheat Sox, uh, he brought up uh, Jose Ramirez. That's a possibility as well. So you can always jump on the chat on on, uh, Twitch. 
Seven C's. Mooch says, no Durant talk, LOL. Actually, we did talk KD earlier. And how ridiculous I find that the Major League ba- or NBA is such a revolving door of different guys. Uh, it's, 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 I find it might be hard for fans to, you know, grab a favorite player and latch onto them. Like I was a James Harden fan. So I started cheering for the Rockets and, you know, as a kid, I went everywhere Andy Moog went, but as an adult, I think I'd like to kind of stick with a team if I can, preferably. Uh, so I don't know. I, I, I just thought that Kevin Durant was, I don't know, he's being selfish and childish with the whole thing. So I'm glad it's over. And I'm glad we don't have to talk about what's going to happen and go try to win some basketball games. I don't know, Mooch, what do you think? You're, you're, you're in that market that's probably been dominated by Durant and Judge for the last three or four or five months. I don't know. As for games to watch tonight, don't hate me because I'm a Dodger fan. It's one of the best games on the docket. Brewers, Dodgers. Doesn't start until 10 after 10 Eastern, so you East Coasters might not be able to stay up that late for it. But Corbin Burns, who almost unanimously won our fantasy Thunderdome yesterday against Max Fried, he's taking on Tony Gonsolin, the cat who looks an awful lot like Tony Karandak, our president at UFF Sports. But the Catman is 15-1. and one. Like, right now, bet on a Dodger pitcher every year. Pick one and bet on them to lead the league in wins. Julio Urias did last year. Gonsolin's 15-1. Burns is 9-5. So just a terrific uh, pitching matchup. Dodgers, by the way, locked up Max Muncy uh, for another year on a deal today. So that's the game that I'll be watching tonight. Blue Jays, Red Sox for those Canadians and those loving the ALEs. That's an important one as well. So you can uh, definitely chime into uh, those contests. Uh, The Bedard question in Regina is really interesting uh, for hockey fans. Does he stay there? You know, if, if you're Regina and, you know, you could get a boatload for him, but then you're doing the exact same thing you've just been doing. You have a one-of-a-kind player. Go after it. Load up. You're not going to get Jokub Kemmel. If you did, it'd be awesome, but go after it and get it loaded up. Hey, uh, how about this awesome story when it comes to college football and UFFS? The Ultimate College Fantasy Football League welcomes its first player ambassador Welcome Zion Bowens, wide receiver from the University of Hawaii and uh, UCFFL team, the War Dogs. Give him a follow at Zion underscore FFCG. Really, really cool. Like, where else are you playing College Dynasty? Where else do you have this massive scouting platform that we have? Nowhere else. Nowhere else will you find any of that. So that's really, really cool. Um, I think I have, uh, I thought I did. I'm going to, I'm going to look for something that I want to bring up as well that I also think is really cool in our league. Yeah, here it is. How about this? The crypto Knights? They are an ultimate fantasy hockey league franchise and that's their third Jersey. 
Like their first, their regular jerseys, their home and away, pretty awesome. That's their third. That's pretty excellent. I love the Knight and, and Roman Josie. And there's also, um, I don't think I can zoom in, but up on the right above Josie is a little nod to the owner, Sharice Schultz. So Dan Nadeau, the GM, worked on those pretty hard. And this is the kind of cool stuff. Like, look, this is the Prairie Wheat Sox logo from earlier where we had Clark Monroe. That's an amazing logo. This is an amazing setup. Stick tap to Andrea Karandek, our commissioner, who put that together. Uh, so if, if you are interested in some very, very serious fantasy where you actually have to design logos properly, check it out, uffsports.com. For UFHL members, we have voting. Uh, your votes have to be in tomorrow, the pre-voting. So make sure you get those into uh, the commissioner. Get that done. Don't make them wait around for your votes. Nobody wants to do that. Oh, Ultimate Fantasy Sports is staying up to watch Burns get lit up. And Clark says, thanks again, Dean. Great chat. Go Wheat Sox. Thanks, as always. They'll be, they'll be watching uh, Mr. Burns in that uh, matchup for sure. So anyway, I uh, just wanted to give you an example of how cool some of the logos and some of the jerseys are in Ultimate Fantasy Hockey League, in Ultimate Fantasy League Baseball, in UFS. UFS. Let's try that one again. UFFS. In general, there's some awesome, uh, very awesome logos. All right, that is, uh, well, we, we, we're getting close to the end of uh, the show. But we'll recap what we were talking about earlier. In uh, The big story out of Major League Baseball today is that the Angels are possibly for sale, which would, I think, drive up. You know, I know Clark was saying, do you trade those guys and reload? I would not do that. I would keep those guys. You're going to get way more money by having those guys and selling. Your team might be better younger, but I have to think anybody who's buying the Angels right now wants those guys uh, on the roster. I, I have to think that. Paul Stastny, one year, one and a half million dollar deal with Carolina. I think still a pretty serviceable player. He's, you know, good face-off guy, really good, strong in the face-offs, which might be a big thing for UFHL. And the Islanders with a bunch of signings. Noah Dobson, three years, four million for the defenseman. He's with West Coast Express. Alexander Romanoff, who they picked up from Montreal for a first-round pick, two and a half million for three years. Obviously, I like that one better. Younger player uh, for Romanoff in uh, the UFHL. And by the way, I want to tell you that inside UFLB will return this weekend, 6 p.m. before the Braves and the Cardinals matchup. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, with Major League Baseball and the standings uh, when you look at some of these races. As as Clark mentioned, uh, he's a big fan of the AL East race. And, you know, like, it's gotten close. It's gotten far at different times. I think the Yankees still have, like, an eight-game lead, eight-and-a-half on Toronto. Uh, the, the, the Braves are only three games back of the Mets. So you know they're going to be hungry heading into the uh, the weekend set, or wrapping up their weekend set, rather, with the Cardinals, who beat the Cubs today. Actually, no, I think they lost to the uh, the Cubs today in, uh, in that contest. Uh, so the Cardinals, obviously, they're going to win that division. Well, I shouldn't say obviously. Yeah, it was the Cubs winning 2-0. 
Um, I shouldn't say it's uh, obvious. It's a, a little bit more closer. Uh, I just think St. Louis is playing some incredible baseball right now that Milwaukee is not going to be able to catch them. You know, they had nine wins in their previous 10 before today's game. So I know it's only four and a half games, but I think Atlanta is playing much better baseball than Milwaukee right now. So Atlanta has a much better chance at catching the Mets for first in the wild card or first in the division and not having to rely on the wild card. Atlanta right now is sitting in the first wild card spot. So they would be playing the, the Cardinals. So this is a potential playoff preview heading into the you know stretch drive. So we'll be on the air inside UFLB an hour before the Braves and the Cardinals to see what uh, shakes out. Still lots to be decided in Major League Baseball, obviously. And we'll be tracking it all. Right here on our UFH or UFFS Twitch channel. Twitch.tv slash ultimate fantasy sports. You can always catch any of our shows in replay on our YouTube channel. Search for Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. And wherever you get your podcast in audio format, you can listen to our shows as well. Just search for Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. Big thanks to Derek Van Deest for joining us on the program today and Clark Monroe, GM of the Prairie Wheat Sox. We're back again tomorrow, 4 to 6 Eastern time. Andy McNamara already lined up for tomorrow. We might also talk a little hockey scouting as well. We'll see what we can get up to, but enjoy the rest of the evening. Go Dodgers and check out uffsports.com for more information. See you tomorrow. Who's coming up?